Hi everyone, we're doing this a little differently this year. You won't be able to hear the episode in the background of the podcast. So in order to sync up the show with what we're saying, you should pause now and hit play as soon as the main titles start. Hi everybody, we're here at the Outlander podcast for episode 311. Uh, I'm Tony Graffia, writer, executive producer. I'm here with the magnificent Meryl Davis. Uh, thank you for producer. that lovely intro. Thrilled uh, to be here with you today since uh, Matt Roberts is over in Scotland. So I will take his place. Um, we are we are drinking uh, the Kraken Black Spiced Rum um, in honor of our, our uh, Caribbean theme here. Release and lo- the Kraken. I love this bottle because it's got the picture of the octopus on it. And I think it's been kicking around our office for a while, so uh, it's, it's, we're happy to have a chance to take a little, a little break from the whiskey and do something a little uh, relevant to our episode uh, this week, which is called um, Uncharted. Um, I had to remind myself that it was called that because actually the original title uh, was Turtle Soup, and um, we changed it at the last minute because... We didn't want it uh, to be a spoiler, and then everyone would know, oh, it's coming up in this episode, because obviously that's a fan favorite. So we, we tried to trick everyone. We called it Uncharted, which refers to this, this island that um, that Claire washes up on, although you'll see now that in our the main title card, um, it's a turtle. So that's, that's a bit of a clue to the book fans who will recognize what might be coming up. But I don't think, um, actually, I don't think Turtle Soup was always in this episode, was it? Uh, I think we moved it around a little bit, actually. Um, I think it originally might have even been um, in a later episode, actually, actually in episode 12, originally. Ah, and I think we, yeah, we I moved it back, that. so fun fact. It, it could be. We Sometimes we do move, um, yeah. move scenes around in different episodes, find out where they work the best, um, shuffle the cards a bit. But we always do uh, keep our favorites and your favorites, and this is definitely one. But yeah, and and the opening um, scene here with Claire, actually, this is a combination of both uh, Katrina um, as well as a body double, um, because obviously, um, we we don't tend to like to put our actors uh, deep in the ocean if we don't have to. Um, so um, we had a body double here, and then um, um, and did that with second unit, and then brought Katrina out on the day and. Obviously, so much different than Scotland here on the beach, um, which was such a welcome change. Yeah, I, the crew really enjoyed being in South Africa. I know that, and uh, got to see some sunshine. We also had quite a few conversations um, in Cape Town um, as we prepped this episode about the various stages Claire would be in as she washed up on the beach and um, what she would be wearing, and I mean just to give you guys insight into what we do in prep. A lot of prep is seen around in meetings and talking about, um, okay, what is Claire wearing when she washed up on the beach? What is she wearing when she jumps off the ship? What's her hair doing? What what various stages of makeup in? And I do remember a particular meeting sitting there with hair, makeup, the ADs, everyone else, our producers, and talking about the different stages um, of Katrina, Tan, Deburn, um, as she went through this jungle episode so it was right. pretty complicated right also talking to our medical advisors to say you know what are some of the physical uh changes her body would be going through and what would be the most um you know dramatic 
um, circumstances that are affecting her, you know, what's her immediate needs. And I know we, we went, uh, you know, we, when we researched it, Matt was reminding us, uh, there's the rule of threes where, you know, you can go without air for three minutes and water, you know, three days and food for three weeks. And, and as he was explaining it, we decided to put it into the voiceover just so that the audience would be very aware of what Claire's limitations were here and what was the most, um, urgent need of hers and of course being water we concentrated on that um as she gets lost on this island i also remember actually a, a particular um uh randomly having lunch with katrina and matt roberts and uh us kind of kidding about the fact that claire would burn her bum roll here and then um we <laughs> were kind right. of laughing about it but then actually we thought oh my god what a fun idea just because it's she's you she's using her clothes as survival um and, right uh, it's kind of a need-based situation here obviously yeah she won't was, need the bum roll uh, that was she's a fun going moment anyway. i think she enjoyed <laughs> she enjoyed setting that thing on fire for yeah. sure well, i think she loved this episode i mean i know when we talked about even in our makeup and hair meetings and talked about um you know um this particular hairdo and, and the clothing and everything else, I think, you know, someone like Katrina really, really dives into this kind of stuff. I mean, um, she likes to be as accurate as possible um, and, you know, I think enjoys these kind of gritty, realistic kind of mountain survival um, techniques here. Yeah. And it was great to be able to do, like, you know, the whole first half of this episode is just her you know, and she's just acting, she's got no one to talk to, and, you know, there's a little bit of voiceover that we had to add reluctantly, because we're always, we'd always rather not use a voiceover if we didn't have to, but I remember working on a network show once, where we had actually written the whole first act, uh, just the first 15 minutes with no dialogue for character, and we got notes back from the network, like, no effing way, there's no way you're not going to do a whole act of a show with no dialogue, because people will turn it off, and we were like, well, why, if the person's acting, and and you're seeing their emotions, what they're going through, why do you need actual words, and they just wouldn't let us do it, they're not that open-minded on network, and so it was a luxury to be able to do something like this. Um, on stars uh, where we could just let our you know our actress who you know words aren't needed here this is a great tour de force by Katrina and um, I think she did enjoy playing this we put her through the ringer (laughs) put her through the ringer all right on this one but I think she enjoyed it I mean it's such a different uh, place than Scotland and Mm -hmm. um, and we we certainly don't get to do this there but um we obviously did talk quite a bit about um, what happens to her on her way to Father Fogden's. Um, you know, um, what realistically could she do? What what yeah. would she encounter? Yeah, what would you realistically do? Like, you'd try to start a fire. You would look for rocks and flints, and you would look for a road. You'd look for water even if it meant licking the dew off of leaves yeah, there's not a lot of dew here i'd be dead in about a day i would not <laughs> actually last I, I would not be a great survivalist i uh if we were on an island i'd probably have to eat someone first yeah well if if i woke up with ants all over me that would be it for me i, I would i wouldn't mind trying to start a fire and do those but the the insects would do me in yeah. i would just i don't know what i would do <laughs> I'd probably run screaming into the ocean and just swim out 
to see and never come back. Um, you know, our greens department, um, did a great job on this one. Um, um, they, that some of those jungle shots we see are stock shots, I believe. And then our greens department, which is the department that comes in with the plants, they can like create a whole set. It's a, it's a division of the art department and they, they bring in plants and also we use special effects. Some of it is a uh, visual effects, but to create this, uh, create a jungle that she's in because the area she's in is actually not as dense of a jungle, um, than it looks like. Yeah, we um, obviously filmed some of this at that beach and then some of it kind of in another area. And um, and uh, we also have a little jungle location at the Cape Town Studios that we use for various episodes as well. Right. Oh, also wanted to mention that this episode was uh, co-written by Shannon Goss and Karen Campbell. Um, they worked real hard on it. It was a challenge. Uh, we knew we wanted to do... Uh, I think the book readers and non-book readers alike will appreciate it because it's partly, you know, Father Fogden and Mamacita and the characters we know and the story arc from the book that we that is our fan favorites, but also this whole front half being what we call the survivalist uh, half is um, not shown in the book, so it's a little little something different. Yeah. Um, it was nice to have both. Yeah, we originally started out with a completely different story, actually, but... Uh, we won't get into that. A completely but, different story. Um, but this ant situation also took a lot of prep because um, obviously, once again, while Katrina, quite honestly, was willing to have us put some live ants on her, that's that's typically something you're not going to ask an actor to do. And um, But we also had a difficult time because um, we realized through camera testing, because we do camera test this stuff, uh, that you wouldn't be able to see the ants on screen. They wouldn't show up. Um, so we actually did do a camera test where we put kind of like sticky substance on right. um, a, an actress's legs. And and um, some of these ants you'll see are both real in the close-up and also uh, little prosthetic fake ants. Right. So a combo. Um, I think this is one of those episodes probably where Katrina was sending out nasty, um, nasty tweets to Sam Hewen saying he was on vacation while she was working <laughs> since uh, she kind of dominates in this episode. But she's wishing for another pair of boots right about now. Oh, yeah. Well, something worse than the ants is coming up, huh? We'll wait and see. Yeah, but once again, as Tony was saying earlier, I mean, um, the challenge of this episode was that the whole entire first part is with one person, no dialogue, um, and trying to get away with as little voiceover as possible. Because um, as you said, Katrina really can kind of sell it without words, but... Um, you also want to keep up the pacing, and I think that's mm -hmm. something we talk about all the time in the writer's room. It's about pacing, and, and sometimes in the book where, you know, you're reading pages and pages of, of her going through the jungle, and it's really interesting, on screen sometimes that doesn't really work. Right, right. Some of these shots of her moving through the jungle, you might recognize also from the main title, because there's the nice shot from behind of her just the back of her head going through the, the jungle. And I love that when people see those on the main title and they haven't seen the episode yet, they're like, is that Claire? 
Uh, who is that and where is she and what's she doing? And then when they see the episode, they go, oh, that's where the shot is from. She's yeah. in the jungle. We actually tried to match that to the shot in that we used the first couple of seasons of Claire running around the corner during the boar hunt. Ah. Yeah. Um, and this was also um, a, a subject of much discussion in the writer's room about whether or not we originally had um, Claire climbing up to try to get a coconut. And then there were some drafts where we were um, trying to figure out if she could... Um, shimmy up to, the tree or toss something up to break a coconut down if she'd be able yeah. to break it open and i wanted to see her cl- try climbing up the tree but i think that would have been too hard so we just made it that the coconuts were rotten but originally it was just like oh my god they're 100 feet in the air and it'd be so frustrating to see food up there and water too and not be able to get to them but that is one of those things in the writer's room yeah. where we we come up with and it sounds so cool but then the realities of it were like no. yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think people do like to hear what goes on in the writer's room a little yeah, more. Yeah, well, and what, 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 go, what went on in the writer's room for this one was a lot of panic because, <laughs> as you said, we did have a completely different story. Uh, it was still set on the island, so it wasn't, but it was something, a, a different thing happened on the island. We can't say what it is. Um, might end up using it later somewhere. But it was one of those things where you toss a curveball at the writers and say at the last minute, kind of like, uh-oh, I think we we want to do a whole different thing here. And they have to scramble and come up with something. And that's a big challenge. And that's where the talent of our writing team comes in is that our whole group, you know, they're they're very resilient. They know how to take a curveball. They know, you know, several times a season we had to change things. And um, you but, just roll with it. But in this particular instance, I think the reason why is why we wanted to do the book chapters as is, like we're doing now, that we ended up doing. Um, you do worry, and the studios worry in the networks, that it's not going to be very active or dynamic. And we tried to come yeah. up with something more and ended up coming back to this. Um, yeah. And so those are always a struggle. People say, why don't you do it exactly like the book? And it's not that we don't want to, but sometimes, once again, the, the dra- dramatization is not always the same as in the book. Right. So this snake is named Scar. Um, a real snake yes. that actually crawled on her. It's not a visual effect. Yeah. She, she's, she's game for anything. Katrina, I always hand it to her. Um, there, I think that's the shot from the main titles yeah. there. But we but did have she, her meet the snake yeah, and um, she, she just met get it. used to it a little bit. And uh, yeah, as Tony said, she was pretty game. I, I don't think I would have been quite the same way. Ah. And we also had uh, many, many meetings about those scars as well on her legs, um, what they would look like at this point, um, what the progression would be as we got closer to yeah. um, her getting to Father Fogden's. Um, uh, these things take lots of meetings and a lot yeah, of discussions. Yeah, the makeup people did an amazing job on this episode. Yeah. Annie and Anita, Wendy, the whole team. Um they made it look so realistic, especially I know there's a shot later when her face looks really sunburned and it looks really real. I mean, well, it doesn't look like makeup. Yeah, but also we had a very difficult task here because um, we ended up um, shooting something from the next episode, actually, before we left Scotland to go to South Africa. So we unfortunately kind of had to set a look in the next episode before we shot this this particular episode. So oh, we right. really had to kind of try to back into the look we had set. Right, right. Oh, Father Fogden. 
in, in wardrobe too, she was limited in what she could bring. We had to figure out what she was going to jump off the ship with. So what could she have? And then like, you know, that she wraps a, that around her head, you know, that how she would make use of the clothes and, you know, make it look realistic with what, what she had on her. Now, with Mamacita, um, we did have quite a few discussions. You know, originally our plan was not to put any subtitles at all with Mamacita because we felt like if we can't understand what she, if Claire can't understand what she's saying, and, and we don't right. uh, think Claire could, um, that we as the audience shouldn't kind of like we played with right. the Gallic in, in season one, but Studio Network kind of fought back with us on that one, and that was one we lost, actually. <laughs> that was one yeah, of those arguments we, we lost. We really... We would have preferred to have her speaking Spanish the whole time and just, you know, that's part of Claire's fear and confusion about where she is, is like this woman's, uh, you know, rattling on stuff and she doesn't understand Spanish. So it's a little more frightening for her to not know if she's being held captive or what's going on. But the woman, um, Mamacita also had uh, some quite funny lines where she calls her a fat cow or a whore or something like that, and which I, so obviously Katrina is not. But we didn't want to lose the funny lines, so we found ourselves putting the funny lines in English and the rest in Spanish, and then it was getting kind of obvious, like, oh, well, all the funny lines are in English so the audience can understand them. And then the network did request that, you know, all of them be subtitled, which um, we would have preferred not to, but, you know, here we are. Win some, you lose some. Yeah. This um, this set here of Father Fogden's Hacienda was built on our back lot um, by Gary and his team um, on the Cape Town studio lot. Um, so it was in the back, and we had some jungle, and it's it's a, a really great set. I mean, sadly, once again, with many of our sets, we only used it pretty much in one episode, but yeah, um, it's a great set. This guy we we love so much. I believe when we were watching casting. Um, we were like, oh, he's perfect. <laughs> he just really embodied Father Fogden, both the sort of uh, wackiness and crazy, crazy town, but yet he had a vulnerability when he starts talking about Armengilda. And um, it was it's a tough spectrum to play both of those things. And he really um, knocked it out of the park for us. Yeah, well, he has to be earnest and not too... Um... I think we want we didn't want him to be too over the top, right? Um, because you have to de- to believe that he believes what he's saying. He right. really is a little, I think, um, uh, shell shocked after the death of his great love, and and but that's also something I think the writers tried to play into this kind of connection of of him losing a great love and Claire not wanting to lose Jamie again after right. being reunited with him. Now, there was some debate, I think, between me and Tony over um, the pronunciation of the coconut. Um, I <laughs> thought it there? should just be cocoa, and I believe Tony kept pushing for cocoa. No, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's because the actor actually said cocoa in the audition, I believe, and we wouldn't have ever thought of it that way, but it was actually so funny, it made us laugh, that then we wanted to keep it. Um, and then it was like, shouldn't it be cocoa? And we're like, I know, but it was so... It was so cute and funny when he went, cuckoo. Like, it was like a real personality for the coconut. Um, did we have coconut auditions? No, we for did not. For Actually, although I will say um, <laughs> I did go in, you know, um, uh, Karen Campbell, who is one of the writers on this episode, um, she was also um, the creative producer over there and overseeing uh, 
this block. And um, so she, Matt, and I, I do remember going into our props department and we did get to pick the coconut though uh-huh. <laughs> so that kind that's of fun. i guess there was a, a, a small so addition. there was a there was a casting a cocoa co- co- a, a cocoa <laughs> co- co- casting yes yeah they're great together yeah but obviously here once again you can see just from a purely um aesthetic standpoint that um you know the katrina has a um claire has a a tan to her and it's it's trying to kind of keep that within um the realms of possibility of her having been on on the, the island for a few days yeah did you have i mean obviously must have been i wasn't in the room when we broke um this particular part of the episode but i i have to imagine you guys all had a lot of fun yeah it was really fun um you know, him talking to the coconut, but, uh, and that was in the book. Um, but the part that we added, um, in the writer's room was that Claire comes up with the idea later and you'll, you'll see later to talk to the coconut herself as a way of convincing father Fogden that she needs, you know, that it's time for her to leave because she's like, Oh my God, he's, this is where she's realizing, Oh my, I was so relieved to have this nice priest, you know, to wake up and find I'm not in, you know, that I'm in safe hands, and now she's like, holy shit, you know, this guy's bonkers. Um, but later, I think it was very clever of her to come up with, well, you know, if I talk to the coconut and say that Coco says it's all right, then I can leave, and that's the part we added. I'm sure Katrina loved acting against the coconut. Yeah, well... we should bring the coconut back somewhere find a place i mean she took one with her yeah when she left as a souvenir of this her time on the uh the island now i did um i i thought i um read online a couple questions about ermangilia and and two mamacitas and obviously mamacita was her mother um and uh that's why mamacitas remained with father fogden right as well as in the book Also, um, the fact that Father Fogden has uh, goats instead of um, sheep. In the book, he's a sheep herder and he has uh, sheep. And um, I assumed we would have sheep, but then I remember uh, having a phone call with Matt where he said, um, guess what they don't have a lot of on in South Africa? And it was sheep. And he said, but uh, there's there happens to be goats everywhere like even driving around in cars there would be goats in the middle of the road he said there's a goat you can't throw a rock and not hit a goat so let's let's use goats and I I did resist that a bit because I was like oh you know goats are actually the opposite of sheep in the bible the sheep is the shepherd the good shepherd and his flock and the sheep and goats are actually kind of a uh, often used as a demonic symbol or something and uh, I was worried it wouldn't feel the same with um without sheep but it ended up you know i think you won't even notice many people won't even notice that it's goats how many instead of sheep and we got he said don't worry we'll get some i'm like goats aren't as cute as sheep but then i had to take that back because when i saw the goats we used a lot of the baby goats and they're very adorable here and um i think the point is just that you know the priest is very loves his animals very much and that's his that's his whole world 
Um, How many calls do you think you have with Matt about um, things <laughs> things that There's you're trying lot. to get or animals you're trying to get that uh, turns out something else yeah there there's a lot of compromises we have to make for production and we we always try to get you know if it's in the book we try to to match it or if it's something we personally want we try for it but we do have to um compromise and get you know what is best for production what is easiest what is safest for our actors um but that's the thing i mean we are always and, and you know it depends and and we do have to pick and choose but i even remember back in first season we got to Scotland, and um, we obviously had the name Rupert as um, obviously one of our characters. And every single person came up to us and said, Rupert is not a Scottish name, like all of our Scottish yeah. crew. And we kept saying, I know, but it's in the book, and we want to keep it. Yeah. And But we got a lot of crap for that. But that's sometimes what happens. It's like there are yeah. things in the book yeah. that, that you're told otherwise, and you kind of have to decide whether or not just to go yeah. with it anyway and, and say screw it to historic last yeah, year or that happens. whatnot or something as yeah. as small as Rupert not being a Scottish name and yeah um, and and sometimes I mean but sometimes when you push for something at at the you know sometimes you do end up getting it and it really makes it like I remember like Christmas uh, well Christmas was <laughs> great and Christmas was definitely a last minute thing and and we you know moved have Matt moved heaven and earth to make it happen and it was great. Um, and I remember also in um, the Star Chamber in 207 um, episode, uh, the Faith episode, there was uh, supposed to be a snake, I think, in the Star Chamber in the book. And we re- and there was a lot of pushback of there's because there's not there's just a practicality. There's not many snakes in the UK. I think they don't they don't even have snakes in Scotland, do they? Or no, there's but some, we had there's um, some kind. So yeah. we found no, we did, but we did. We said please, because it really will look cool and make it dangerous. And the king has a snake, and nobody wanted a, a loose snake on the set. But we were like, we could keep him in a cage, and they did find a snake. I think David Brown somehow came up with the snake um the snake wasn't as active as we wanted he didn't i remember he didn't flick his tongue and like look alive so it looked kind of fake but we had to put a special effect ironically to make the snake uh but then we ended up using that beautiful shot in the main titles of the snake so it ended up being kind of worth it to to gamble and try to get the snake um people always ask um if the actors are really eating and drinking in these scenes um they are really eating um, and they are really drinking, but um, obviously the beverage, if it's meant to be alcoholic, is is not really alcoholic uh, to disappoint some people. Um, <laughs> they're not they're not boozing on set necessarily, but no. um, they are eating. And so some of these scenes, which probably start out to be so much fun, especially if they're hungry, probably aren't so much fun. Yeah, the they probably take. are. Yeah, if they were drinking real booze, the problem is they have to do this. You know, sometimes. Uh, you know, five like, to, to it, 15 times. It'd be like us during the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least this is an afternoon podcast. It's the morning podcast where we drink, where you kind of <laughs> have to take a nap for the rest of the day. That food looks actually really good. It looks like plantains and... I'm sure it was. Beans I, uh, and I think I mean our our these departments are so authentic with everything that you know they will definitely find the cuisine of the you know the authentic cuisine of the not only the time and the place. So I think they are eating something that would have been made um, there in this time. And um, but it looks delicious. Kind of hungry now. We also I'm trying to remember how um, we struggled a little bit with this and figuring out how Claire gets. 
um, to find Jamie and the crew on the beach and had to um, uh, had to change it a little bit from the book. Um. Well, Mama Sita is not happy about Claire being here. Um, and at first she seems, I like that. I love her character because at first you think she's a cranky old lady and what's her problem. But then when you find out that she lost her daughter, then you kind of get it that she's a little possessive of Father Fogden and she just, this pretty woman ends up here and she doesn't want, you know, Fogden who's, who's lonely to fall for her and then for Claire to take her daughter's place. And it's a little bit of emotion in the middle of all this wackiness. So I really like it. Mama Sita is pretty cranky, though. <laughs> she is, but... I mean, I get it, but uh, she is not very nice. But she's a good... She's an excellent cook, and yeah. so I would put up with her, personally. Yeah. Well, she helped Claire at the end, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Now, you'll notice Claire tucked a little... Uh, the mirror in her pocket. I know I don't have to worry about spoilers. I always worry about that, and, and Matt always has to remind me, hey, they've seen this episode already. But we retrofitted that uh, because we did need a way for Claire to signal Jamie from the beach or somehow. No, but that's um, why I was saying right? um, saying earlier we didn't get to finish it, that um, in the book there is a pirate fight on the beach and and um, and she comes down and they're right. already there. And so yeah, um, because remember. we couldn't do that, and the reason we couldn't do the pirate fight is this episode was already, this block was already so large. Um, and while some of these... Um, sequences like Claire going through the jungle and on the beach seem simple. They actually take a tri- up a tremendous amount of time. And because of that, we could not fit in a huge pirate battle as well. And we have so many visual effects in this back half that um, we had to figure out another way that she would come to the beach and, and right. try to do also a little more jeopardy with her almost missing Jamie again. Right. So we we did plant this, that she pockets that mirror... Um, and then uses it later. Now she's not planning, um, to signal anyone when she takes it, but, um, I believe there was a part on the beach earlier. Um, uh, we did have a scene in the beginning, you know, remember when she first washes up on the beach? I remember there was at first a, uh, a shot of a ship passing by way in the distance and she starts screaming, jumping up and down and trying to signal the ship. Um, because she's washed up and she's alone but then we realized when we watched the director's cut I believe that it was unclear whether that ship might be the ship she had just jumped off of the the porpoise and we didn't want even though it was a different ship in the shot it was it wouldn't have been clear and the audience might have said wait a minute she just jumped off the ship why is she trying to signal it so it our thought was that since she had tried to signal a ship and she couldn't then when she sees the the um the mirror she pockets it for the future um and it ends up of course being jamie's ship which is great but um that's why she had that yeah. thought in her head that's why we had claire be a klepto here she's a klepto <laughs> so several people did go did she just steal only a priest's nece- mirror that's a sin <laughs> You're right. I mean, Mamacita did wash her clothes, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. She's very helpful. She just wants to get her out of there. And that's why we added this voiceover where Claire's like, obviously, she's like, sending me a message. Here's your clothes. 
You know, I, I fixed up your legs, now I'll scram. But another thing, you know, we didn't discuss this earlier. We had the shot of Mamacita when she sees Claire's clothing, um, notices the zipper oh, yeah. in, the, in the corset. Now, we didn't originally have that in there. That was also a note we got from Student Network because they felt when she noticed that. But our argument was she would, not having any concept of what a zipper was, she would have, she would not know if that was bad, good. She just would have no concept. So yeah. it wasn't necessary, but we did end up adding that in to, yeah, that's right. to please them. And that's where Claire was talking to the coconut, which I love. <laughs> now, this also was another um, a, a large question of discussion about um, about this and the beetles and whether or not we could get beetles and would they right. eat the flesh and flesh would have we to be did, completely hairless. We do have a shot of the beetles, right? We I know we did yeah. put some beetles. Yeah. And some, and there are real beetles, but we also did um, some visual effects work, CG work on this as well. But there was a lot of questions because originally, um, the we talked about the goat's head just being cut off, but we realized that the beetles wouldn't eat the goat flesh if it had hair on its stomach. Ah, okay. And yeah, so that's I've why Mama the goat's a little hard to look at. <laughs> I gotta say, I shielded my eyes every time. But that's that why Mama Sita also this. carries it by the horns. Uh, These are the things that when you're writing this, I think we don't think about. But then no. we get on set and you have um, yeah. the, the crew is like, well, yeah, it doesn't really work. Yeah. And this is. A, yeah, these, ugh, okay, insects again. Oh, is this I can't the kind watch of this. Oh. This, is so, this is so scary to me. I just, see, snakes don't bother me. I could let us, I could pick up a snake, carry it around on my shoulders, but uh. if one of these beetles got on me, I would run screaming down the beach, definitely. That's good to know. Yeah, don't. good to know for the future. <laughs> Even those little plastic ones at Halloween, I, if someone puts one on my desk, I freak out. <laughs> Here's where Claire uh, remembers hearing about um, a Bondaway, and Father Fogden is referencing it, that that's where the Beatles come from. Also, people might be a little uh, disappointed um, from this episode that we didn't include Dr. Stern. Um, another reason we didn't is just because sometimes um, in an episode, there's not enough um, runway, so to speak, um, right. to get in all the storylines. It's a we good just way of putting it. We, we couldn't figure out how to get Dr. Stern in there and Father Fogden and Mamacita and, and the back half of the episode. So it's not that we don't try to do all these things, but the reality is right. of the situation is we can't always get everything we want and in there. Yeah, if you put too many characters in, you're not going to do justice to any no, you're not one of them. Anybody. So yeah, you're not servicing them, yeah. and and we, you know, Father Fogden here, it's is a combination of Fogden and Stern. So we didn't really leave Stern out. We left the character out, but the stuff that he talks about, like the Beatles and all that, we just gave it to Fogden and made Fogden a, a, a richer character yeah. and had him, you know, take on that. Those characteristics. Now, you thinking Mamacita is all nice and uh, sending Claire the ship is really just because she wants to, to get rid of her. <laughs> now, this was another tricky situation because originally in the last episode um, or the beginning of this episode in the original draft, I think, um, we had a scene where we saw um that the captain is killed and the cook and right. some people and um had to lose it due to production and not being able to film everything so kind of had to figure out how in this scene the writers 
um, Karen and Shannon had to figure out how to get that information out here without right. having seen that. Yeah. Writers, you know, this is the stuff writers kind of hate writing because it's, it's exposition. You know, it's basically explanations for things. But if you're a good writer, you can tuck, you know, the exposition and hide it within a, a scene that's either interesting visually or has a stunning Jamie Frazier with his shirt open. I don't know. And, you know, then they fill in the blanks of what happened and they say, well... It's too bad we hit that storm or those shoals or whatever and that, that we lost these crew members. Then we don't have to show it. But um, it's always a challenge to write that so that it doesn't just sound, um, we used to call it Murray. We used to put Emmy by it in the script and it would, we would be called Murray the Explainer. Yeah. Like Murray the Explainer would come out and explain, oh, here's where we are in our story and this is why this happened. Yeah. So when things sound a little too on the nose explanation, we say, don't be Murray, Murray the explainer, to be a little better at hiding your exposition. But that's what the challenge is sometimes, because these things are usually written in the script, but then sometimes when you get to production, you realize you can't film something, or you don't have time to film everything, and you do have to lose things. That's when it gets hard. You have to go back in the script and right. retrofit things and, and right. change things around, which I think is always a writer's nightmare. Yeah. But obviously, this was also um, something to figure out in the room. If if we lost the big pirate fight, um, uh, how do we still get to the inevitable wedding? Also, if Father Fogden, if 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 Claire leaves Father Fogden, how does he eventually end up getting um, back to officiate the wedding? Um, right. So many questions here that that kind of puzzle pieces that need to be figured out. Is it too easy for Claire to get to the beach? Yeah, we didn't want her to just run and find them, you know, and get there right before they left. Um, also, um, we needed her to have a cut. We had to do a little retrofitting. We needed her to have a cut on her arm because that's what Willoughby stitches up that because that's what we need soup, for turtle yeah. soup. Yeah. And we thought, uh, I can't remember. We how went she through cut. many iterations. Of this yeah. And actually, we, and now we, she cuts her, yeah, <laughs> she we cuts did, it on a branch. We did have so many different things. There was um, talk of, um, you know, wrestling with an animal. There was talk of quicksand and uh, wrestling with a pirate. Does she, does she encounter a pirate and get into a, a squabble or does she, but we knew we had to get her, you know, a wound on her and we didn't want it to be too easy for her to just get to the boat. We wanted the boat to be gone so that you're really panicking um, and thinking, oh, she's missed them. We actually also had quite a few debates about what Marsley would be doing, Marsley Parsley, on the beach, and <laughs> would she yeah. be sewing, um, sewing uh, the sails? Would she actually? At one point, we had Marsley up on the lookout. Yeah, that Jamie said, "Go, go up on the lookout and and keep a lookout for pirates." Um, but we also wanted to show that she had sewing ability, so she helps to sew to sew the sails. Oh, now she, come on, come back. <laughs> Tony often acts these things out in the writer's room. <laughs> yeah, my acting talents are not quite up, up to par. Now, in um, in editing, I do remember um, uh, we were sitting there and we were like, would, would she be close enough to actually uh, see a little um, 
to see that on the beach, A, would Jamie be able to see it? And would we see um, the flickers of the mirror on Jamie? I think we we kind of um, fudge things a little bit yeah. here, but, um, you know, those are the kind of things that editing we're always talking about and yeah. trying to figure out. I'm having him go back. Now, this is... This is what we uh, we kept calling our, um, what's that movie? I don't know. From Here to Eternity. Oh, From Here to Eternity, yes, yes. <laughs> on the this beach, is, yes. This is our From Here to Eternity, yes. where they, they, on the beach, and they're so happy to see each other. And but they're, they're not rolling surf. around in the waves. I wanted them to fall down and roll around in the waves. But this is pretty darn good. This is a nice little, the second reunion this season. Because I know people kind of freaked out. I saw some of the reviews were like, what? They're parted again? You know, when she jumps off the ship. She just got back together. She jumped off a ship. How, they're going to keep them apart. And it's like. Uh, this line was so funny. And we put it in specifically because um, how Leslie and Hayes being like, isn't it crazy how, how McDo's wife just shows up in the most <laughs> unlikely places? Because we were like, it is true. It's just a lot of the stuff is awfully convenient. That's they're like, actually one of my favorite lines. They're like, none of our women ever come back and find us. I wonder why. And she always gets herself in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't you have picked a uh, less dramatic, a girlfriend with less drama around her? We also actually had, um, obviously had discussions about which arm to put the cut on um, Claire yeah. because we didn't want it to be possible for her to stitch her own arm. Right. These are things you don't think about once again when when I'm sure you guys are writing and when we're in the yeah. early stages until you get there and you get down to the really nitty gritty details. Yeah. Well, you think you th you're thinking of everything and then you get a call from the set. Now, wh which <laughs> arm did you want this on or how is this supposed to work? And you go, oh, God, we didn't account for that. You know, we, yeah. we got by us. Um, thank God for Wilby. Honorable wife, honorable first wife. Yes. Thank God for alcohol. <laughs> it has a variety of uses on the show. Oh, disinfectant, numbing. Yeah. Yeah. So this was once again also figuring out um, in the writers' room a way to, to how do we how do we get back to Father Fogg and have him officiate when Claire's left and kind of yeah. not in the greatest way. And then we talked about could you know, and especially since yeah. Willoughby had killed one of yeah um, we his added flocks. this. This was I think in the book he doesn't go back and apologize. No, it, this um, isn't like the book at all. But and we thought that'd be a really funny, a funny scene for Willoughby to have to go back and we um, had to do. I mean that this is one of the things if you do, you know, pull a string or 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 change something, you know, you you do have to figure out ways that it makes sense. Right. Because they hate Willoughby right now, um, because obviously he's killed one of their beloved flock. Yeah. And, um, and what could he give them as a way of um, forgiveness? Yeah, I love the smash cut to him with that face, Father Fogden, like, and they're like, come on, Willoughby. Come on. <laughs> I remember we were like, what can he bring him? 
I like, ah, just let him bring him a chicken. I don't really know where that chicken came from. Was it on the ship? But the two of them are awesome together. But what's really sweet is, you know, it's a wacky scene, but then when Father says, you know, I was once a stranger in a strange land, um, that, you know, both Fogden, Willoughby, and Claire, they're all strangers in a strange land, you know. They're all outsiders, and they under, that's why they bond and understand each other. Um, and it's a theme. You know, it's a theme in the whole series. So we always like to touch on that. Now, I do remember we all really, really wanted to have the wedding on the beach. Um, that was something uh, we yeah, really, we really wanted. And originally scripted that way, but um, realized very quickly that um, we needed a more controlled environment, so had to do it on our lot instead of at the beach. This is a conversation. Does this is this in the book? Yes, it, yep. it's in the book in a different place, I believe. It's on the ship when they first start talking about, you know, yeah. Where I, I think is really cute because uh, Marsley Parsley, of course, is no fan of Claire's, yeah. and yet she needs this information. And here's where they kind of start to bond. Um, the the actress is great. She does a great job here. Yeah, we had a lot of discussions, too, actually, about the Marsley-Claire relationship, because obviously in the books, um, you know, uh, Marsley is, is slow to accept Claire, and it's not until later books that I think they really start to bond a little more. But um, but we did feel like we well, we wanted them to there to be a little frostiness, mostly on Marsley's part, because she, she feels like she's being disloyal to her mom. We didn't want to show girls fighting against girls constantly. We didn't want to show that Claire was really trying here. And um, and we know it was important to Katrina as well that there was, mm-hmm. you know, a trying to give a, the olive branch. And, and there were moments of, of respect here, at least, grudging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this, is, this is nice here because Marsley is kind of... Maybe admitting that, you know, things weren't great between her mom and Jamie. And that's that's a vulnerability to her to say. That's a, you know, because yeah. before she's acting like you ruined my whole family when you came back. And now she's kind of saying, well, to be honest, it wasn't that great anyway. Um, and she wants happiness in her own marriage. Yeah. And she, ad- she admires Claire and sees uh, an example of what love is, true love is, which she didn't see with her mom uh, any of Leary's three husbands. Um, so she she doesn't have a role model for a relationship, and, and it's just an odd irony that Claire and Jamie become her role model with Fergus um, as opposed to her mom, who didn't have successful relationships because yes. she wasn't a nice lady. Yeah. As I, Last time when I said I felt bad for Leary, I, I know I was I was warned that that would not go over well with the audience who really can't stand Larry. So I, I'll say here, she was she was not the most pleasant person to live but, with, but I I'm sure. Say, I mean, I, I feel bad for Larry. I do think yeah. that she, I mean, obviously she took it way too far, but, um, yeah. but you know, she hasn't had an easy life either. No. This is one, this was a fun scene for sure in the writer's room and... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that Fergus just does never. He, he's just like, you know, I can't control her. She says whatever she wants. She's a little crazy. And in, in that way, they're very similar to Claire and Jamie. Because Fergus is a lot like Jamie's honorable. And he's like, he fell in love with a really strong woman who speaks her mind. And that's her charm. So, um. And also, obviously, um, Father Fogden pronounces her name like we used to pronounce it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're wrong. Mosley, 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 Mosley. Yeah. But also, this was um, a tricky scene as well because you wanted there to be sweetness here. There's a little kookiness, but you don't want yeah. Father Fogden and his antics to take over the scene. No. And no. take away from the romance and the sweetness. And Right. You want to be two four weddings and a funeral. No. Although I love that movie. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> Meryl and I like the same movies, the romantic Although ones. Tony has not seen most movies, so. Well, I like TV better. Now, this moment, it makes me cry. It gets me every time. I love when Jamie gives Fergus his name. I just, oh, it's a great, it's a great moment. And Sam did an amazing job here just with that, just this one little moment it's just so much so so rich ah <laughs> and Fergus did a great job yeah here. No, Caesar everyone's... did a really great job there yeah we did have a lot of talks about where he would have gotten a ring and um and uh, wanting to do kind of something special with it that we weren't able to do, but, um, and the fact that obviously Fergus wouldn't be wearing a ring. Yeah, it's kind of weird back in those times that the men didn't wear rings, and Jamie doesn't have a ring. And And as we were talking about before, because there wasn't the pirate fight and because Claire, unlike the book, doesn't get injured in the pirate fight that goes directly to the ship, um, we struggled to figure out how to kind of keep that going to get to turtle right. soup and kind of figured Willoughby would have fixed it. It would have started to fester a little, and but it would yeah. have been okay until she got back. Yeah. Here comes turtle. Yeah. Uh, the, the actors did such a great job in this scene. They, I love the way they played it. Claire, Claire plays a great um, cat, plays plays drunks <laughs> really well here, but cute drunk, you know. She's just flirty, and I, I love the scenes where they're just having fun together, where they're lighthearted. I mean, they certainly get in enough trouble. We see a lot of drama, um, but these moments uh, where they're, they're just cute and flirty. Are I love how she do, did, does that with her teeth. But I think they also, I mean, I think, you know, before a sex scene, um, certainly like this, we try to give time for rehearsal. And, you know, Katrina, Sam, um, the director, our creative producer, um, they all sit around and choreograph this and figure out um, the best way to do this. And I think they yeah. all really did a great job here and, and came up with stuff that was fun and flirty and they had fun with. And um, yeah. it was a fun... Yeah. Fun scene to shoot. Here's the the payoff of the penicillin that she that she stole 
from the Boston Hospital, but she is a klepto, klepto, isn't she? (laughs) (laughs) But all for good causes. She she hid it in her bat suit, and and now it's coming in handy because she's not stealing lipstick or anything. No. I love how Claire's like, screw it, I'll just do it myself. (laughs) Yeah. I like how Jamie's like, I don't, you know, big strong Jamie. He's like, I don't think I can do this. It might make me faint. That's one of the biggest needles of all time. I know. I'm just looking at that. I'm like, oh. Um. Yeah, she. <laughs> yeah, she gave him the shot during um, the 308, I believe it was. After, after Leary shot him. She's like, you wuss. You killed people, Culloden, and you can't give me a shot. <laughs> Claire's pretty kick-ass Yeah (laughs) You and I would be dead by now Oh, I I I would have gotten I would have gotten scurvy by now Oh, God Lack of fruit and vegetables You know, another thing You know, um, people Obviously enjoy a good sex scene, as do we. Um, but sometimes people forget that you do try to make them fresh each time. Do you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. um, you know, uh, yeah. you do want to take a unique approach to each, which is what was so fun with this, that, um, you know, Claire drinking the kind of sherry lace turtle soup, um, little buzz, Jamie doesn't want to take advantage yeah. of her. Um, <laughs> yeah. Her on a ship. She's pretty pers- persistent yes. here. But obviously, we always knew this would be a scene we would include. I mean, in the, oh, from yeah. the beginning, there was never a question yeah. of um, this getting cut or not happening. Yeah, no, there was no chance of this not getting in there. I think for months, the fans were on Twitter, you're going to do turtle soup, you know, and it's like, we couldn't say, hold your horses, of course we're going to do it, but... Well, I people hope, also uh, don't realize this. Most of the times, by the time people remind us about things or ask us to do things... We're way beyond yeah, shooting we, it or, or we've already done it. it and we can't we can't do a spoiler and tell yeah. them but um you know there's certain things that we would never leave out. I mean this is everyone's favorite. And this was oh. obviously also filmed on our sets cuz we uh, have yeah. all the interiors built on our set. Not on a real ship. It's hard to do play-by-play during a sex scene. I know. Well, I get <laughs> caught up in it. It's They're so cute together. <laughs> you have a healthy grip. Yeah. Are you um, one of those people, because I don't remember asking Karen and, and Shannon about this either, but um, that likes writing sex scenes, or do you find them uncomfortable um, because you almost have to give a part of yourself over when you're doing this? Uh, no, I think they're fun to write, it, that, but it's like what you said, the challenge is to make them all different, because yeah. some of them are very angsty and desperate, and, you know, we might die, so let's have one last, you know, right. lovemaking, and then some of them like this, it's just so, f- it's fun to do the... The fun, you know, 
ones that are a little more lighthearted because that's what real life in real life it's not always serious right. in real life sometimes it's just funny or and this this is great when will it be <laughs> he's all about the soup Ah, uh, well, they've been through so much. We needed a lighthearted ending, a fun ending to this one. And I love, uh, it's perfect ending on Willoughby's smile. He knows what's going on behind those closed doors. Ah, uh, Well, so. I knew all about the turtle soup. <laughs> no turtles were harmed in the making of this. Exactly. Another great episode. <laughs> Another great episode. Thanks for being with us tonight. And, and thank you for inviting me onto the uh, podcast couch. Oh, perhaps you'll come for next week. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I will be. I think you will be. So we'll see. I'll see you and we'll see everyone uh, next week for 312. <laughs>